Get Real with Lisa Crown Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a hot one in the seat today, you guys. I'm telling you right now, gives me chills. Gives me chills being in the presence of someone who's done a job that's actually unimaginable, in my opinion. I have today one of my personal friends, somebody I've known for many, many moons, who is just an all-around incredible human being. I want to start there. But accomplishment-wise... He was a Navy SEAL. He's a a native of Southern California. Jake actually enlisted into um, being a Navy SEAL right out of high school. And he went, had his sights on being a Navy SEAL, but you don't all get to get in. It's like a rarity. It's so hard. It's the elitist of the Navy. And sure enough, he um, was assigned to a SEAL team. He was deployed multiple times in combat in the Middle East. After his deployments, he was a SEAL instructor where he was selected and to train candidates attempting to complete rigorous training. During that time, he earned his bachelor's and master's degree to further his professional career. After transitioning out of of being a Navy SEAL. He is now the co-founder of Fortified Risk Group, a security company that keeps people safe from coast to coast. He currently lives in Nashville with his beautiful wife and his four children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jake Williams. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So good to see you. It's good to chat with you. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like I've known you for, it's gotta be 20 some odd years um, I've watched you since you were little, really. <laughs> you were little. I watched you grow up and every single thing this kid ever touched, it turned to gold. He hit number one. I mean, you did, I mean, Iron Man and all these things like, oh, Jake won number one. I'm like, of course he did. Like you, <laughs> to me, when I think of you, there's a rush that comes over me. You challenge me just by your history and your accomplishments and all the things that you've done. <clears throat> It's like, when I think of you, you motivate me, Jake, you really do. And thank you for that through the years. You have like kicked my ass in my own right. And I appreciate you for it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's do that for my audience today. First of all, thank you for your service. You, you did the, the, I think it's the grandest of all to be a Navy SEAL and fight for our country the way you do. I just want to say on behalf of myself and the country. Thank you so very much. So when were you a SEAL? Give us those, the year time frame. I I went in the Navy in 2005. It's about a year and a half, two years of training. And then I got out in 2017. So for 12 years, I was in the Navy. First couple of years are all training and then just over a decade as a SEAL. Okay. And then how long were you a, a, a trainer of the SEALs? I, I was a trainer for about two years, two and a half years. And I spent time in selection and in qualification. So selection is buds. That's where if you've ever seen any of the YouTube or discovery channel stuff where guys are running down the beach, wet and sandy, carrying logs, carrying boats on their heads. I was that instructor for about a year or so. And then later transitioned to what we call our qualification training or our schoolhouse. And I was actually taking students that made it through that first rigorous part. And I was training them in close quarters combat so they could join a SEAL platoon and go downrange, go overseas and be prepared to support in combat. Yes, I've seen those YouTubes and I can't believe it. And I do like to equate, call me crazy, but I like to to equate the rigorousness to title sales. 
to this business. It's rigorous, true. It's like we don't have boats on our heads and we're not sandy. And we did get to sleep over those seven days, right? Y'all aren't allowed right. to sleep. You do crazy shit, Jake. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh my word. I mean, when you came back that time and we heard some of the stuff you did, I it like put me to tears. Talk to me about the intenseness. I kind mm-hmm. of as being a seal and in it, and then as a trainer, give me a little bit about kind yeah. of some of that intense stuff. Absolutely. So I went in, I was 19 years old when I went in. And at the time, the internet, YouTube, all that wasn't, wasn't a big thing. So I, I had checked books out from the library, right? And I'd read a handful of books on what is SEAL training? What is it? What's it going to be like? And the one, the one thing was like a Discovery Channel video. Other than that, there was not much. And so I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. I was like, oh, this is going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. I was part of the draw, right? Like I, I didn't want something easy. I wanted something hard. And I got there and it was beyond the intensity that I even imagined. And I had been wanting to do this since I was a young, young kid. At the end of the day, BUDS, which is basic underwater demolition seal training, that's the first six or so months of training. It's all about selection. It's all about, do you have the grit? Do you have the the desire to be here? That's it. It's just, it's designed to be miserable. It's designed to push you beyond what you ever think you could do and then go further. Mm. When you're a trainer and you're watching somebody just falling to their knees or you're witnessing them about to give up or I can't do it or excuses are flying, what's your mindset as a trainer? What could you say, just like to my title sales people, escrow officers or title reps that are giving up on their prospecting or feeling deflated and kind of giving up in an essence, what do you have to say in that? Yeah, it's a really good question. You might not like my the first part of my answer, but I'll give you a second part of my answer too. When I was when I was an instructor and I was and I was selecting students that are to like, are you tough enough? If I wasn't there to give them a motivational speech, they were there to impress me. I wasn't there to, you know what I mean? Later though, in training, guys that have made it through that big bulk of training, the the selection, they've been through months and months and months and months of just day in and day out. Then they go to the qualification side, right? And once they're now we're qualifying them to be a SEAL, give them all of their training, all of their firearms, explosives, skydiving. If I saw someone there and they're kind of having a bad day, or maybe they're not performing at the level they should be, that's where it was more of a coaching side of things. And I would bring them aside and I'd say, like, you've you have made it this far. You have shown us that you have the grit, you have the the, the mental toughness to make it through. Now what I need you to do is focus on these next steps at hand. And so for your for your title agents and, and the people in your sphere right now that are listening to this, I would say you've you have qualified yourself. You've made it through that initial selection piece. And now it's it's kind of going getting into the why, right? Like, why are you here? Like for us, it's like, well, we have enemies that want to destroy this freedom that we have. And so we have to be the best. And so whatever it takes, we're going to stay focused on this task at hand so that we can be the best. Oh, I love that so much. God, that's so good, Jake. It's just so good. It's so good because it's so real. And your level of doing it, right? It's really not sales to to seals, right? It's just like, (laughs) it's so different. But I'm trying to really show this audience that, the advice, there's levels of this advice that is so similar. You, What struck me and what you said, and I hope sales managers and county managers and mm-hmm. regional managers are listening right now, mm-hmm. you really talk to them with accolades first, and then where the focus needs to go second. 
You really gave compliments, Mm -hmm. which was reassurance and was reminders. And now you've come so far. And now let's shift gears and go here because Mm -hmm. you want this. That was excellent. Thank you for that so much. Absolutely. How did you keep your mind focused during the hard stuff? When you had a boat on your head, when you hadn't slept, I I remember one time they were saying like, you were, you were in a position, you know, holding your firearms and like people stuck their tongue out to lick up beans or something like to get it up because you couldn't even really eat during this time. Like, how did you stay in it? It's a, it's another really good question. So much of it comes back down to the focus. It's just staying focused on the task at hand and, and falling back on that, that why, like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? You know, early, early in, in training, you have this huge group of people everybody, the way it starts is like you're in boot camp with thousands of, of new Navy recruits. And they show you this really cool video of seals, right? Like jumping out of airplanes, shooting guns, blowing things up, scuba diving, diving. And they're like, who wants to be a seal? Right. And everybody raises their hand. And then within a few days, like that thousand or so goes down, it gets whittled down very quickly. And I share that to say, what kept me focused? Well, I, I didn't, I mean, of course the byproduct of the job is like all these uh, kind of extreme adventure, extreme sports, but I wasn't there because of that. I was there because we have a, we have a country to protect. We have, a, we, there was a war being fought and, and I wanted to be a part of it. And that was a pretty common denominator for the, for the guys that, that made it. It was so much more than just like what you see on the surface. It was, we have, we have this calling and we want to go, we want to go protect. We want to go serve. We want to defend. And that, that was, that's what kept me focused. So when you have that boat on your head and you're soaking wet, every area of your body is chafed because your skin is soft from being the time. The sand is rubbing around your neck and your waistline and, you, you know, between your arms and you're freezing cold. It's like, Hey, all I have to do is take the next step. I just got to take the next step. Just take the next step. And, and before you know it, you've made it another mile. And then you take the next step, you take the next step. I'll tell you, and this, I think this will be relevant to you guys. And, and there might be a nugget in here. When you first start, you're like, okay, it's Monday. I just got to make it to Friday. But don't worry about next week. And then all of a sudden making it to Friday kind of seems pretty far. So you're like, I'll just make it. Let me just make it through the night. And then you're like, okay, I'm still going. Now all of a sudden the night starts to seem pretty far. You're like, I'll just make it to the next meal. Okay, I'll make it to the next meal. And then before you know it, you're just like, hey, all I need to worry about is my next step and next step and next step. And then before you know it, Friday is two weeks behind you. Yeah. I love that. And so I still use that today when, when, when there are big challenges ahead of us, if I let the noise distract us and I don't stay focused on what we're doing, we won't get past it. So I still use that today. I love that. I love the one step piece and how it works for the seals and how it works for sales and how it can work for anybody who's listening to this right now, one step at a time, because when you you know, they, like they say, like, how do you eat an elephant? It's like one mm. bite at a time. That's if right. you think you're going to inhale the whole thing, it's going to be overwhelming. And I bet the thousands that fell off Jake were the ones looking at the big monstrosity of it. And they didn't do mm. the one step at a time. And I think the ones in sales that are really falling off, it's because mm. they're trying to go like, I got to call 200 people. I need 40 appointments. Right. I need 50 more orders. Like the monstrosity is really what's getting in and messing with the brain. So that's such right. a good point. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know, you, you keep bringing up 
the why, which yeah. is so cool because if you're listening right now and you don't actually have a why that is clear, crystal clear, that clicks for you, not just one to throw out because it sounds good or you probably should say your kids or you should mm-hmm. say your spouse or you should say this, like really doing what goes in the core, the guts, the real grit of like what makes you tick, what makes you drive, what pulls on a bone that can make you hold that boat and deal with the chafing and all that. You, you know, I had you on Jake at one of my events a few years ago and you pulled somebody out of the audience, um, Kelsey, and you did this whole why thing with her and she's in our top 2% in the country. And you, she was in tears. I mean, you had her expanding in her brain about the importance of the why and the why and the why. So somebody is listening right now, Jake, they don't have a why they Mm. don't even know where to start. What do you have to say to them? I would, you have to ask the question until you get beyond, beyond like to fill my bank account with money or to buy that next house or to buy the next car or to buy the next investment property. You have to get, you have to get beyond that and you have to whittle it down until you are at your, your, your core, like your, your moral compass, like your core values. You, until you're there, um, you haven't gone far enough. And a lot of times it, it ends up boiling down to, it either boils down to some form of legacy, some form of family, some form of next generation, some form of like a higher cause. And, and that that's what will ultimately get you up in the morning or not. If you don't, if you have a strong why those tough mornings where you you don't want to get up, you you don't want to get up early and do the workout or do your prep for whatever calls you have to make. It makes it a heck of a lot harder to get out of bed. But if you think about the the mornings where you where you spring out of bed, it's usually because you have some type of purpose. You have something you're looking forward to, and I've just seen that be incredibly helpful because we all know the like the storms the storms come and go all the time. That's you just gotta keep going. So. I loved what you did with her. I kind of want to simulate it in this podcast, if you don't mind, like sure. doing a sample role play, you yeah. know, because I ask people, my students, what's mm-hmm. your why? And you know what they say? Family. So I want to role play when somebody says family and how you go deeper, like you did with Kelsey. Here we go. So you start. Why do you do what you do, Lisa? For my family. But why? Because I love them so much. Why? They just mean everything to me and I want to work hard for them. Why do you want to work so hard for them? Because I want them to have a good life. Why Why should they have a good life? Because they'll be happier. Why is it good to be happy? Because I feel living your best life is what the, we're here for. And And why... How do you get to that? Because if I work hard and I provide, you know, a good home and I can put clothes on their back and food on their table, then they'll be healthier and they'll be happier and we'll connect as a family. And what's the importance of having a strong family? Why is that so important? Because I don't want anything else in the world but that. Do you find yourself um, thinking about their future and I what they hold deeply yeah and i would say that contributes to your why you're thinking about providing for your for your family their that generational wealth that generational legacy I, i'd love to and that's that's great and I, we could continue to 
to go even in deeper and deeper on that. When when I was, I can share a quick story on as a why. When I was when I became an instructor as a as a SEAL, we had a performance psychologist that was attached to our command or you know our organization, and same thing. I I, I just finished deployments across the Middle East. I, I deployed quite a few times, been in some um, very you know kinetic operations. And I knew exactly what I was looking for in a SEAL. Like, here I am. I see young these young men that are willing to kind of throw it all on the line to prove themselves, to, to meet our standard. But this performance psychologist comes in. He's like, well, why are you an instructor? And I'm like, well, because I want to I want to get the right SEAL. I want to make sure the right SEAL makes it to training because he's going to go down range with my brothers, my best friends, and I want to make sure he's worthy of it. And he's like, but why? I'd say, well, because if they don't, they're going to call me and be like, Jake, why'd you let this guy through training? <laughs> and then, but why? Like, why does that matter? And so we unpack it, we unpack it, we unpack it. And he's like, right, go home, right, write down your philosophy of instructing and why you're doing this. And so I, I went home and I'm like, I'm writing out this philosophy and I show it to him. And he's like, that's pretty good, but but you can go deeper. And so I write it out even more. And and really what we what we ended up getting to is I was like, I... I believe there's good and evil in this world. And we need we need young warriors to come up through the ranks to stand up against that evil. And and that's like that is that is what it came down to. So now here I am as an instructor and I'm and I'm looking to select. He asked me, he's like, are you here to select students to find the students that can make it or to find the students that can't? And I said, I'm, I'm here to select the students that can. Like, I want to find the ones that can. I'm not so worried about the ones that can't because they'll that, they'll go down their own path. And so it was incredibly eye-opening for me at that point. Here I was. I'd been a SEAL for eight, eight years at this point. And here I am, like, finally unpacking this, what's, what was inside of me already. And I and I now learn, like, I am, I am looking at these students through the lens of, are you going to carry this torch to continue to fight against the evils of this world. I love that so much. This is exactly what I wanted today, Jake, seriously, is that piece. This is where they get stuck because they say family is their answer. You just said, I want, you know, I want to make sure my buddies get the right guy on their side. And right. the guy's like, no, deeper, let's unpack this. That's yeah. the magic of discovering right. your why. And right. I love Jake, how you showed that sample. That's what you did to Kelsey. It was why, but why mm -hmm. do you want them to live their best life? But yeah. why do you want, but why? And at the end, the turnout is it's not the word family. It's yeah. not it. It's, it's that I want them to have an incredible future, right. really write out what the ultimate why is. And again, we were only at the top of the surface on that thing. I know. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, one day I even want to do with you my real why, because I still want to unpack more of yeah. where my why is even at, because the exercise alone, it is mind-blowing. That's why Kelsey cried, because you tapped into what yeah. she wasn't putting on that forefront. It was so magical to see. Mm. And this today was equally as well. Thank you for that jake that was so good and i love how you shared it that it went back to you from your instructor that was such that was so great yeah, <laughs> i love it can you tell me your biggest takeaway of being a navy seal how did it like impact you in your job today with you being the co-founder of an amazing fast-growing company and being a husband and a father of four how has being a seal helped you what was your biggest takeaway it, that's a it's such a good question and i feel like we could 
do a whole podcast just on this. I know. My my biggest takeaway was just just never quit. Like no matter how hard it is, no matter what's going on, just never quit. Just keep going. That that was one big one. And then being surrounded by the right kind of people is is critical, right? The the SEAL teams, we are we are a team. We are no, there are no like one man shows. There's no Jason Bourne type of thing. It's we're a team and and we're so effective and we've been so fortunate to to be successful over um, the last however many decades. It's it's because we we spent a lot of time getting the right people together to accomplish a, a the same mission. And so in our business today, we spend so much time making sure that we surround ourselves with the right people, both from a employee standpoint to a what what other professional vendors and partners are we working with and just don't quit. And, and that is that's it today. And and that goes right into being a father of four and a, and a husband. Anyone out there with kids knows how challenging it can be with with kids um, and and the best thing in the world at the same time. And so, and my wife and I, I mean, we look at each other all the time and we're so grateful for the four children we have, but it's not to say we don't have incredibly challenging days, nights, weekends, months. And then we can still look at each other and smile. Cause we know like whatever, whatever is ahead of us, like we're in it together, we're going and we're not, we're not quitting. So. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. I'm a mom too. And it is challenging. Yes. Okay, I, ha- I have two, Jake. I don't know how you did four. Okay, I did two, and to me, two is 20. So I don't know what is 440. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's, a, it's that's yeah. so great. You know yeah. what? <clears throat> I love how you talked to us about the team. Mm-hmm. You guys listening, you don't even know what this team has done. You're the SEAL teams, man. Your guys's, your projects and the things that you're after and that you guys did it's it's not conceivable to a person just living day to day jay you know wow um so there are people listening right now jake that are feeling a bit like they're struggling you know that they're just going down 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 there's a lot of mindset challenges happening out mindset blocks where people are challenged. And I know knowing your why and working for that is, is one of your big, uh, you know, contributors to how they can kind of get out of that funk. Do you have something else? What can someone else do to get out of, of a mindset block that's really holding them back? Yeah. There are, there are a few things that come to mind with that question. One is, you have to, you really have to be careful about like what your input is, right? Like what, what are the, when I say input, like in your mind, like what are you ingesting every day? Are you putting, are you putting junk in your mind every day? Or are you putting good stuff in your mind every day? Are you filling it with Netflix on the couch and Instagram scrolling and TikTok, whatever? Or, or are you doing something that's more productive, more developmental? And I think we're all guilty of, and we all know, like, it's so easy. Our phones are so addictive. We know that billions and billions of dollars are spent, like, to get us to stare at them and to distract yeah. us, right? Because, because there's a huge market there. Uh, and not to say that, like, social media and all, there's, it's a double-edged sword. It has incredible benefits and it has incredible challenges that um, I think we've yet to see. And so I think, one, that's the input piece. Like, what are you, like, what are you ingesting every day? Um, because 
if you are if you're if you're mentally down like that, I would I would guarantee that your input is is probably not what it should be. And so just changing that, changing your input there. And then the why helps. I know we've already we've already touched on that. And then the other piece that I think is is really important is I think we constantly human nature is like to look for the shortcut or to look for the secret, right? Like what's the cheat code? Um, and and there's at, at SEAL training at BUDS, there's this huge rock. Um, I say like half the size of a car, maybe the size of a car. And it says the secret to BUDS is under this rock. And the, tr- the truth is there is no secret, right? That That was like the one thing we'd always kind of joke about there's no secret to buds everyone thinks it's the hardest thing in the world and it's incredibly challenging but there's no secret meaning there's no shortcuts there's no like hey do this magic handshake or formula and you'll make it through and this is the same thing with sales it's the same thing with building a business it's just it's hard work it's consistency and and continuing to push through and so sometimes we got to weather the storm you're right you're absolutely right you know um that was so good i love that the rock probably made you giggle a time or two. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, can we just can we just lift that rock up and see what the secret is? Um, I love that. Thank later. you, Jake, for that. I had oh. the honor and privilege to go to your graduation, which is so cool to see you graduate. And you won honor man. You're so humble and you never talk about it. It's not even in your bio. You won honor man, Jake. Like, I mean, can you tell us the stats on that? Do you mind just so our audience can understand winning honor man as a Navy SEAL? Yeah. So our class, our class started, most classes start somewhere around the 200 mark, 200 students. Okay. And that number dwindles down to, to very small, like double digits before graduation. And so in my original class there was 11 of us that graduated um my full graduation was like about 30 guys and i was selected honor man and honor man is a an award given to the the student for various um facets of training but it's it's a vote by your peers and a vote by the instructor staff that plays a percentage into it and then there's performance right like running swimming shooting and just kind of all the core competencies and so it was it's a mix of like performing well in all of those and and then your peers and st- and the guys that put you through training um select me for so i was in, i was uh, humbled honored even today so I, I don't i don't like talking about it because no if you could meet the other guys i graduated with the people i deployed with like i'm not i'm not worthy of that there are incredible men out there still serving today in the seal teams that have done things that I only could dream about still. Wow. Jake. Wow. And how many total seals are there in the world? There are about 2000. So it's very hard out of the 2000 to win this honor man award. And that's the part that just made it such a sacred thing that you were able to earn and you put us in the audience in tears and just so proud of you for that. And I know you don't like talking about it, but I wanted people to understand that that was so cool. Like you're always the best. You always hit the first place spot. I mean, there's your mindset. I just want, I want to take a piece of your mindset and pass it out. You know, it's like, talk to us. Like, how, how do you do it, Jake? My, my business partner today is a seal as well. And he and I, we've brought this approach it this kind of zero i say kind of we have this zero fail mindset because the missions that we were doing the things that we were doing there is no room for error there was no 
room for failure. I mean, it was you, you either succeed or you don't. And, and so you have this mindset of I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever I have within my power and the people around me, we're going to make it happen. And we have, we've, we've built a life around that. But I, I went into, as a 19 year old, I went into SEAL training, not knowing that I had that mindset, but that was the mindset. It was like, this is all I want to do. So I'm going to do it. Now, of course, there's always factors that are outside of our control. We'd be foolish to think that we can control everything because we know that we actually can control about this much, just ourselves. But that is also freeing because if I know I can't control anything else but myself, then I'll spend all the time folks just worrying about myself, not in a selfish sense, but in the sense of I can't control anyone else. So I will, I will just put that focus towards my own actions, my own attitude, my own commitment. And and it sounds simple, but I, I think it is. It's just that singular focus. I love that. I love that. And congratulations on your business with Thank your you. SEAL partner. It's like yeah. absolutely doing amazing and flourishing and growing beyond your wildest dreams. And it's so exciting to hear. Um, <clears throat> I, I know you're busy and you got to get back to that and your four beautiful kids and wife. But in close, I want to say this. In life, what do you know for sure, Jake? Death and taxes. <laughs> Jake, come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, <laughs> I know that really, the, I mean, nothing, nothing is sure. I, I know that I believe we have a, we have a creator that, that made all of us, that loves us, that, that wants a relationship with us. And to me, that's, that's really the only one constant in the world. That's it. That's the only thing I can tell you. I know for sure. Love that, Jake. Thank you so much for being yeah. here and sharing your wisdom. Just you have such a humble way of expressing your experiences and what you've been through in your life. And it was an honor to interview you today. I adore you and I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you for being here and thank you for touching all of us. And thank you for your service. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Lisa.